Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Performance Anxiety. I'm your host, Mark, and we'd like to welcome drummer Andrew Toy to the Performance Anxiety family. He's played in so many genres of music that I lost count. He likes to use music genres like chords, building one on top of another to create something completely new. And it all began by playing on a cruise ship, but now he's got a solo album out, and it's full of experimental percussion. And it's a true solo album. Andrew plays everything on it. It's called Guardrails, and you really need to check it out. You can be found at andrewtoy.net or at atoydrummer on social media. Check us out at Performance ANX, and you can buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com slash performanceanxiety. Merch is available at performanceanx.threadless.com. And I want to thank AKG for sending us this amazing podcast package that they've got. It's got an amazing Lyra mic and some fantastic headphones. And with that, let's get into Andrew Toy on Performance Anxiety. This is Andrew Toy, and you're listening to Performance Anxiety with Mark Shea. I am a drummer based in uh, the DMV area. I've got a new album coming out called Guardrails comes out on january 15th 2021 more information and uh, cd and mp3 pre-order and there all that sort of thing at uh, andrewtoy.net yes that's the one so <laughs> so this is uh one of the few chances i get to have a, a local guy on the show right so right. that's really cool so you're just in college park college park that's right yeah nice. um yeah, I moved down to to here about seven years ago from uh, from Philly. Um, for that, uh, I was I was living in. Uh, well, I'm I'm from Delaware originally. Okay, um, and spent some time abroad playing drums. And uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, kind of kind of settled down here and you know raising a family and and all that. Oh, and, nice. Yeah, I'm digging the area. You know, it's nice. Um, kind of a mix of different things, I guess. Oh yeah, that that this whole area is really interesting because there's so many different people so transient right right so many government employees that are coming gone with every administration 
absolutely. Yeah. It's crazy. Right, right. However, and you then say, we'll say, well, we're not recording, are we? You can edit this. <laughs> oh, I, I'm recording. I do the. I am the Neil Young of podcasters. I record from the moment I hit call. I love that because so, then you know you can tell in the intro like they, they don't realize they're they're being recorded. And oh, yeah. Like, oh yeah. It's like oh yeah. <laughs> Got to be on at all times. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Or just be totally off the whole time. One or the other. Either just one. Just have a little performance anxiety, and that's fine too. What I like to do is find out how you got to where you are now. And that usually starts at the beginning, which would be childhood. How did you get into playing music? Was there a lot of music in the house growing up? So, I mean, probably, you know, kind of a typical story of uh, anybody born, you know, growing up in kind of boring suburbia. Uh, in my case, as Newark, Delaware. Um, so, like, my, my family is non-musical. Uh, I have an older brother that was in heavy metal, which, you know, is always a good sign, you know, for, <laughs> you know, just to kind of like, kind of show the way for, you know, like kid that doesn't know for good music. Right. And then, you know, starting up drums, you know, I was uh, nine when I started, you know, just like, like any other kid, it's like, oh, here's a, a cool activity that's not sports or anything stupid um so it's like you know and, and then of course that just like kind of grew and grew it's like oh yeah there's like this kind of community that goes with it and you know this belonging and you know just like getting better at it and it's like some kind of nerdy kid could actually be cool somehow um <laughs> you know just just by getting good at the drums or you know guitar or anything else um right so yeah so, so i started you know kind of just like anybody else uh, playing drums you know all through uh and then when I got out of school, you know, I started playing full time um, right out of college on uh, cruise ships, which is a uh, kind of an interesting sort of sort of gig. Um, yeah, I want to uh, know more about that. <laughs> I got so okay. So first of all, you didn't jump from starting off on guitar to a cruise ship. So when did you start actually playing? In what kind of bands were you in? Uh, what kind oh, of music sure, were you sure. playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I skipped a step. Um, yeah. So when, when I was in, in in high school and college, uh, yeah, I started playing like mostly indie bands. Um, you know, with some friends that were, you know, a couple years older. So you know, in my eyes, they were like super cool and they had yeah. great taste in music. So you know, that's you know, I was in a couple like um, kind of like uh, post punk and kind of new wave bands. Um, okay. You know, as, as a 16, 17 year old. Um, um, and then, you know, like more like kind of like synthy kind of stuff and then more kind of like rock oriented stuff, but you know, just a lot of like bands, you know, just like, just kind of like getting experience, you know, playing all like the, the lousy clubs and stuff like that. Right. Uh, but you know, just main thing is just like trying to find like my sound and like, you know, what I like playing, what I like listening to. Uh, and then just, you know, kind of just getting out there as much as possible, but then, you know, trying to bridge that gap and it's like, okay, how do I do this full time? Um, so that's when, you know, other gigs, I like cruise ships and stuff start to, to pop up and when you start to, when did you decide that you, this was something that you wanted to do full time? Ah, okay. So this is, um, I mean, really like from high school, but you know, the more like practical side, uh, of me, says like, Oh no, like this is that, that's no, nobody can make a living. Like, right. blah, blah, blah. You know, like, like that, that voice. So like that nagging voice, like, Oh, you know, you know, whatever. So, so I did Steady actually, like, um, yeah, yeah. So I got a degree in, um, computer science just as like, like, like a backup plan saying like, like, okay, yeah. like I'll, tr- I'll try my damnedest. I'll try to be a professional drummer, you know, but if that doesn't work out, okay. Like I can, it's something to fall back on. Job. Right, right. Um, so, I mean, but that, you know, maybe gave me like the the freedom mentally to be like, like, okay, like I can just like give it a shot, like kind of nothing to lose. So, but, but luckily, yeah, I, I never really had to fall back on it. Um, so, so it's been all like, just like a string of like different sort of like um, musical paths uh, ever since then. 
uh, which, which is cool. I mean, it's sort of sort of thing. It just like takes so many like twists and turns and you can never like script it or plan it. Like it's always going to be, um, and it's, it's like the, the weird sort of like opportunities that come in. It's like, Oh, this is not at all what I would expect, you know, but it's like, you know, it's more things that in the end, I think just throw into like this melting pot of like, um, somebody like their musical character. It's like, it just becomes part of their DNA. Um, so that's why like, I'm a big proponent, I guess, of, um, playing anything and everything, just like trying to like absorb as much as possible. Um, okay. And- That's uh, apparent in some of the, the band that you've worked with going back through your musical history. So you've worked with um, a bunch of people. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at some of this, some of the people you've worked with, but let, let's, before you started really working with uh, Scythian, and Royal oh, sure. Noise was that after the uh, cruise lines? It was. It was. Okay, so, um, yeah. So, so, so that that was that was after that when um, and that, that's the weird thing about like you know being on a cruise ship. I mean, you're literally like you're so disconnected and remote. Um, I mean, you're literally in the middle of the ocean. It's like <laughs> right. you know you kind of lose all contact with uh, you know like musicians and reality. Um, so yeah, and it's kind of like in some ways like starting from scratch. So you know came back and um, you know kicked around. You know joined a couple bands uh, like like the ones you mentioned. Um, but yeah, yeah. But that, I think, you know, just playing just every single night, like on a cruise ship, even though it's like probably the most square music you can imagine. Right. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, it just does so much. I mean, it just opens up your ears and of course, like just playing with all these different people and, you know, hearing music for the first time and getting, you know, talking to people from places I've never you know been to and like, right. you know, all that experience kind of, you know, it gets ingrained. And so, you know, that, that's the, the good side of it, I think. So how did you find out about the cruise line gig and, and what is the, the process for getting that job? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, that's an interesting one. It's like, it was kind of like just on a whim. Like, you know, it was just like, you know, I think my, my parents had just gone on they're the only one they've ever been on. And they're like, Oh, that there, there's musicians on board. You know, that wouldn't that be neat? And I was like, yeah, wouldn't that be neat? Let me, <laughs> let, 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 let me, I, I never considered it. And they're like, let me send an email. What the hell? Um, so, you know, I did. And, interviewed over the phone. And then, you know, a month later, it's like, it's like, okay, here's, um, your first contract. Wow. um, The phone interview, was it just like a a standard employment interview or what are they asking you? What what are they asking you as a drummer? It's, it's such a a weird gig. Um, you know, so it's like you apply for it with your, you know, your your resume, your, um, like performances that you've played on stuff like that. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of like a, um, you know, just like an artist bio or whatever. And then they basically, they talk to you and they, um, a big part of that gig, which I think is what keeps a lot of people out is being able to sight read music. Um, so, uh-huh. you know, you gotta be able, cause like every night it's a, it's a different set of music. Um, cause they have, you know, the fly on acts doing all their, you know, American songbook kind of stuff and, okay. you know, all uh, that sort of thing. So they, they would throw music at you every night and it's always something new. So they need somebody that can, you know, just, you know, just fall in one rehearsal and then play two shows and then wow. that's it. And then basically do that every night. Um, so, you know, the interview was actually, they, they said like, okay, we just sent you a chart, print it out and played for us in five minutes. Yeah, so wow. It's like, so, so, so that's basically it. So, you know, it'd be like some big band stuff or whatever. So that's where like, you know, I, you know, whatever like formal training kind of like helps. So what they said is, um, and what, you know, kind of, I guess in some ways got me the gig was, you know, I could read the music. I could, you know, play all that stuff. I did all like the kind of the formal training and stuff, but also like I was in rock bands. Like I wasn't some like, um, you know, kind of music school dweeb, you know, right. um, where, you know, if I needed to, I could play like a, a rock tune or, you know, just like play four on the floor, uh, all night long if I needed to. But, okay. but, you know, there, there's also that, you know, if I need to read like some ex- extravagant sort of big band chart. 
you know, that sort of stuff was there too. So I think those two things and me being, you know, I guess 22 at the time, you know, that, that, that that's wow. all like selling points for them. So, so that was cool. So, so yeah, that was a few years where I was just, um, just traveling the world, um, just living on boats. So yeah. How do, so what are you doing in your off time? How, how much are you playing a day? I mean, how many, how many shows, how many hours and what are you that's doing cool. on your off like, time? And on, on the surface, it seems like a dream gig, um, you know, which yeah. in some ways for, for somebody, you know, in their early twenties, that's hasn't like, you know, toured much or anything like that. Like it, it really was, you know, for a while. Um, yeah. so usually it would be like, you know, two shows at night. So, you know, like two, three hours of work, um, possibly with the rehearsal. So that'd be maybe three hours of work, but during the day, you know, you're just import, uh, all these different places, you know, just kind of like exploring, traveling, you know, uh, all that wow. sort of thing. So it was in some ways, I mean, for somebody that hadn't got, really gotten out of Delaware very much, um, you know, it was, it was cool just be, you know, it's like 70 something countries I was able to go to, oh, man. um, just while like, you know, it's coming back and playing drums every night. So yeah, it was, <laughs> it was pretty cool. Like, I think that's one experience that really, um, you know, really made me, um, <laughs> I guess the person that I am yeah. for, for, for better and worse. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, it's, um, so it was cool. But then after a while it's like, okay, like what's next, you know? And, and that's, I think that's any musician or I guess probably anybody, anybody is, you know, what's next? Like, am I going to be doing this? Like when I'm 30, 40, 50, right. um, floating around playing American songbook type stuff. Right. Um, so, you know, so, so it, it had its time and place, you know, I don't regret it. The industry itself is kind of lousy, but that, that's a, that's a whole nother, um, that's thing. Podcast, but yeah, yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> so how long negative or anything? How um, long did you have that gig for? Two and a half years. I did that. Wow. Uh, so yeah, with little breaks in between, you know, like um, but usually it'll be like four months on and a couple days off, four months on, a week off, you know, whatever oh, it was. Wow. But, but yeah, you just pick up a ship, any part of the world, um, any continent, um, and then just kind of like <laughs> live on for four months. Wow. <laughs> That's so it's cool. So I mean, that the experience, you know, just being able to um you know, just play music every night and like new music every night, even if it was like stuff I wasn't like into, um, just that like variety and just having to like adapt. Um, I, I think that's like, the biggest positive thing that came out of it for me. Not much. I mean, just like, like I said, like some, some kid just get getting out of their hometown and like getting out of their comfort zone. Um, and just like, oh, sure. you know, meeting like musicians, um, you know, from around the world, you know, I'd play with like, you know, a bassist from uh, Brazil and a guitarist from Eastern Europe and, you know, a, yeah. whatever, you know, so there's, everybody's coming from all over, you know, and they're all bringing like their taste with them and their, their MP3 collections too. So it's like, that was actually the first time that I had even listened to like, like John Zorn was like on a cruise oh, ship. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Or like, you know, I, I had a, a buddy that was really into like gypsy music and like, like all this stuff kind of like blew my mind as like somebody wow. that's, you know, to mostly play just you know, growing up listening to metal and like alternative and grunge. And, you know, when I was in college, I was on like, um, college radio doing, you know, you know, spinning basically like indie stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a pretty narrow view of thing. I mean, I tried to listen to a little bit of everything, but like really just being around all these different people, it just really kind of, um, exploded it for me and just like, yeah, open my, open my ears, which, you know, that, I mean, that's, I, I think the best thing for any musician is just opening their ears, you know, just to yeah, something for sure. I mean, like you said, you know, you, you're, college radio experience it's still you think you're playing a wide variety of music but it's still kind of provincial and so you're you know you're not like you said you're not throwing gypsy music on the radio station you know you're not right putting out uh, brazilian music you know right. on, on whatever college radio station you happen to be listening to or, or working for and so right. that's a i think that's a really great experience and i can in listening to the, the the work that you've done, it a lot of it makes a little more sense as to how how it kind of 
seeped into the work you're doing now. I can definitely hear it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's why I, you know, I tell people a lot, like, so, so I do a lot of like teaching as well, teaching the drums. And I always tell people like, you know, genre is just application. Like I try not to get too into specific, like, um, you know, idiosyncrasies, like in like lessons. It's like, if you've got timing, groove technique, all this kind of like basic stuff, um, then really the musical world is your oyster. Then it's just a matter of just like applying, you know, just being able to like figure out where the groove is, what the dynamics are, things like that. So that's where, I, I mean, like things get a little bit more, I guess, like genre fluid you know, yeah. in, 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 in a way, which that's um, a great term. I like that. <laughs> yeah. That should be a checkbox on every uh, application. Um, anyway, especially uh, for cruise ships. <laughs> <laughs> I'm genre fluid. So yeah, so just, um, again, yeah, just being just open, having to open the ears and just like kind of throwing everything in the pot. Cause I mean, that's another thing too, that, you know, I think about a lot is like influences, like, and how things just find their way into your like musical DNA. Um, so it's like anything you're exposed to, even without thinking like, Oh, this is hip. I'm going to incorporate this into this thing that I do. Right. Just being like exposed to something and, you know, just like letting it kind of marinate it becomes part of your musical sort of like um, expression, I, I think. Yeah, Dude, I agree with you completely on And it just, it, sometimes things just like come up, you know, and you can, not, not even in like a conscious way, like somebody will say like, oh, like what you played there, it, it's kind of sounded like this or that. And it might be something that, you know, I, I've listened to like at some point, but I never consciously said like, yes, I'm going to make this part of my thing that I do. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. Like somebody was... Um, listening to a recording I made with um, a great songwriter um, from DC, Lisa Saeed. said i um, actually recorded with uh, don ziantara which i i know oh, you had him on yeah. a while back um cool great guy i love don don's um, awesome yeah so somebody was listening to me like wow and then they said the drums really sound like um like morphine and like uh, like i took that as like the biggest compliment because like they're one of my favorite bands but i've never once even like jammed along to a, one of their the records or said like okay i'm gonna borrow this or that it's just listening to something a thousand times like that's now part of my play yeah <laughs> that's true that's a really good point it just shapes you without even you realizing it right which so, I, I would imagine it's kind of like where like if you were to you know move someplace that doesn't speak english probably without even trying you're going to start to pick it up you know because oh, yeah. like, if, it, if it's in the air it's like you'd have to try hard not to like pick up a phrase here and there or, or whatever so you can't help can it yeah cool. exactly and so instead of like forcing influences into the pop you're like okay like i'm going to you know do this and this because it's hip and this person did that or whatever just having that like around eventually like it comes out in so many different ways where you know, the more influences you have, it's kind of like, I, I always think the like analogies, um, it's like the more ingredients you've got in your, in your soup, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so like, That's you perfect. Know. Right. So you toured the world playing all kinds of music on a boat for two and a half years. What did you do when you decided that it was time to move on? 
Uh, so, so it was, it was hard because, you know, like you're in kind of this like vacuum, like at least as far as like the, the cruising gig, it's not like you have like a night off and you can go play at the club down the street. Right. So it was kind of like starting from scratch and it's kind of tough, you know, cause it's like, I mean, it's always tough to be a musician, but like when you're really starting from scratch and you have really like no connections. So, you know, you know, was in limbo for a while. And like, especially like after that, like I felt a little lost, you know, where, um, mm-hmm. it got to be like, where I would just take like any gig that, that came, which oh. even that's, I mean, I mean, it's good to have those experiences. I think just to like, you know, where you're kind of like hungry for it and you, you yeah. want to make it happen and you can't be too, um, too picky. But, you know, so, so you start taking things out of like survival mode, but then, you know, of course, like things progress and you can start to be a little bit more picky. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, just putting yourself out there, you know, sometimes like the things that would come would be things that I, again, I would never expect. Like, um, for instance, you know, I played with a couple bands that were in like the Irish Celtic sort of realm, which is a realm that, you know, I knew nothing about, but you know, these <laughs> opportunities came along suddenly, you know, I'm playing these huge headlining, these huge festivals and stuff, um, for a little <laughs> while, like, you know, it's total like imposter. Like, I don't know anything about Irish music, but, <laughs> but, 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 you know, I, I can play the drums and I can kind of listen to things and maybe figure out where, where, where I fit. And you can um, read music that helps. Right. You know, so, I mean, especially if I'm like charting stuff out and like trying to remember it myself, like, like, okay, you, you've got 30 songs to learn by the gig next week. Oh, God. Got it. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's part, part of the, the job for, for any musician that's playing as like a session kind of, kind of player, but that's cool. And that's where like, yeah, at some point there, like I kind of made this like, um, I guess like little mini uh, revelation that's like, don't hide your influences. Don't be like, like, you know, like, Oh, I, I, I'm in this sort of situation. So I need to sound like such and such, or I need to like, you know, change my playing to, to please so-and-so or whatever. Okay. Uh, because you know, that, that's kind of a BS approach. And I think that's like a little dishonest maybe. So it's that's like, interesting. it's like, I'm going to play this music the way that's, you know, like, I mean, I guess kind of like a little bullheaded. It's like, I'm going to play it the way I'm going to play it because you know, it's well, like, if you think about it though that that's perfect because if any band wants to separate themselves a little bit they would want you to play your style within their framework the the best players do that right you can always like you know you can pick out jimmy page uh, no matter what he's playing you can pick out jeff beck and i'm just going guitars but oh sure yeah you can pick out i mean neil peart you can pick him out any big name, you know, you can pick these guys out based on no, no matter what style they're playing, just on on how they play. That it's I, I'm not I'm not explaining it very well, but no, that's exactly right. I, and I think that's maybe the ultimate um, goal of any musician, and, and that's something that's always a work in progress. I think even those great players um, would probably say the same. It's like oh yeah, for you sure. know, you want it to be able to like you have like a voice that somebody's going to recognize when they hear you, no matter what the situation is. Exactly, um, exactly. There's, there's part, I mean, partly you want to be, you know, a musical chameleon where you can kind of like, you know, blend in all these situations, but also it's like, you know, everybody's got their own thing, you know, it, their own like sort of like vibe when they play, um, yeah. that, that really can't be put into like, you know, any quantitative terms. Um, so that's cool. I mean, I think that's something to be embraced, you know, it's like you refine something, but also like you're going to be you, even if you try not to. Exactly. You know? Is that when you end up joining uh Scythian? Yeah. So that was around that time. Um, now it's like 2011 or so. Um, so, so that was good again, you know, that was like that, you know, situation where it's, you know, stuff I wasn't familiar with, but you know, just kind of like took it like, you know, kind of head on and kind of, um, got really comfortable with it. So, so, so that, that was, that was a good little run. 
Um, you know, got to see a lot of like the Midwest because the Midwest loves Irish music. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yes, yeah, so, so, so it was fun. But, you know, I approached it like a rock gig and, and, and that was and it, it was fun. Well, and then you moved um, on to the Royal Noise, which I hadn't, I hadn't heard of before. And I went and listened to some of, of the music and saw some live clips and all. There's some really interesting stuff going on with those guys. Yeah, pretty pretty progressive. Um, that's, yeah, when I was living in Philadelphia, uh, I, I met those guys, and you know, if nothing else, I you know got the you know offer, they got in touch, and it's like, wow, this is stuff that I'm going to have to practice. Um, yeah. so that that's that's always a good sign, you know, yeah. or it's like, you know, even if nothing else, um, even if like, you know, it doesn't last for a long time or even if, you know, it's not, you know, financially great or whatever, at least like I'm going to get something out of it. I'm going to yeah. become a better player. Um, so, you know, I, I think I did, you know, so, so like, you know, I took it on, you know, we did some kind of light touring up and down the East coast and it was cool. I mean, it's very like technical music. Um, a lot of like, you know, very, I don't know. Um, very, <laughs> well, they, very arranged funk i i should say okay <laughs> you know um so so there, there, was, there was a lot of like very specific things um some like odd things or whatever um so that was great i mean this is really like everybody had to be like such good listeners and all great musicians um i, I think they still play in some form of the band everybody kind of does their own um project uh, from that era okay. uh but yeah, I mean, it's really um, stuff that like just makes you a better player. So I think that, I mean, that's always something. It's like when something comes up, like, you know, I might have some opportunity to play with somebody. That's always one of the questions. It's like, is this going to improve me in some way? <laughs> or, uh-huh. you know, is this something that I'm going to feel just really just like, you know, kind of like bored and, you know, just <laughs> kind of like, you know, like spinning my wheels? Or is this something that's going to like really like, you know, make me think about music a little bit differently? Um, okay. And, you know, and, and when that happens, it's like, yeah, like that, that, that's something that's always worthwhile. Or even like, you know, I'll get calls for percussion, which, um, you know, I'm, I'm a drum set player first and foremost, but I'm, I do more and more um, like percussion, like hand percussion and mm-hmm. di- like just different kind of ethnic percussion. Okay. Uh, and that's great. Cause like, you know, it's like, where the first thing is like, I'm no this or that player. Like, what am I doing? I'm an imposter. But then like, you know, I, I try to do it. It's like, okay, like, I guess I got this. And then, you know, that kind of helps me grow a little bit as well. So that, that's always a good thing um, too, you know? And also yeah. I think knowing when to jump, uh, I think that that's something that I think a lot of musicians uh, could, um, you know, take, take to heart is like knowing when you're st- that the growing process is stopping. Um, so like, like when, when uh, I stopped, yeah. for instance, playing on cruise ships, like I felt like I, I stopped growing and it stopped it being this cool experience. And same thing with like a couple of the bands that you mentioned, it's just like, like, okay, this was great. You know, nothing wrong with it, but I'm going to move on. Like, um, yeah, because yeah, exactly. So then because just instead of becoming a, a fun experience and, and, and a, like you were mentioning an opportunity for growth, it just becomes a job. Yes. And then that, that's always like where, where the, the creativity starts to die yeah. and you know, it just starts to be a grind like any other job. Um, now, so in some, in some ways I'm glad that I've, I've never had any, like with any bands, like any huge success because you know, there's, there's no, no, no like pressing, you know, like demand, Oh, I've got to, you know, honor these commitments, you know, like, Oh, I've, you know, I'm used to making X amount of dollars for appearance, you know, right. so like that, um, you know, so you can see, you know, sometimes people might get stuck in that. Um, but I mean, if it's a great position, you know, a situation where like the music's great, the people are great, whatever, then of course do that forever. Um, yeah. but you know, it's like, I'm always like still looking, you know, I'm still like uh, kind of restless in, in that way. I think you're a hunter. I guess <laughs> for what I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> ryth- rhythmic expression. I guess. <laughs> now, are you doing session work this whole time as well? 
I am. I am. Um, so, you know, and, and in that too, it'll be just like the randomest things will come in. People will come across me on the internet or, um, word of mouth. Um, so I do, I do record here, um, at my home studio in Maryland. So, so I do remote work here and that's something, oh, cool. of course, that, that, that's picked up, you know, this year. Oh, I um, bet. Yeah. But, but it's great. Cause I think, you know, I mean, there's not a whole lot that's great about this year, but any yeah. like silver lining might be like, people are now like maybe a little bit more independent, a little bit more willing and able to do things on their own, which is cool. Um, so, so I'll do remote sessions here. I'll teach drum lessons from here and it, it's cool. Like it's, it's so convenient now, you know, maybe it's no replacement for you know the real thing and of course you know i miss seeing people and yeah. being in studios and stuff like that but it is nice to have that option and you know the technology you know for all the the woes of technology like it's great that like somebody with like a kind of whatever uh, a setup can actually record something decent you know like even like compared to like 10 years ago uh it is kind of cool and like i'm maybe a little bit in all of technology sometimes <laughs> oh yeah and i think one thing that that i've seen grow just in the people i've spoken with on on the podcast is the willingness for people to send each other files to do things virtually and to uh you know let's say they need a session drummer they'll send you uh, their stems or, or whatever right. file they're working on and like yep okay now instead of you know, saying well let's get somebody local they're here they're into the studio and they'll be just like here's the here's the file go go have at it and send me back what you got and we'll see if we like it absolutely and and that's such a cool freedom i mean it's really like a smorgasbord for anybody it's like looking to um collaborate because like you know whatever it doesn't matter how niche something is like you know you can find that guy that that is doing that thing and just hit them up and you know if people are like genuinely doing like creative things and they're not just like hired gun type you know like kind of um what am I looking for? Anyway, somebody that, that that's just like doing a job. Then it's like, yeah, somebody's going to be out there um, that that's up to collaborating. So, so that's yeah. cool. I think, you know, we're going to find hopefully um, there's been a lot. And I think there already has been, been a lot of good stuff made this year because people oh, yeah. are, you know, both looking inward because they're working with themselves more, but they're also looking outward maybe a lot more than, than they're used to. Um, because oh, now yeah, like, sure. like with the internet, they've got like fingers and toes in like every corner of the, the world. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's interesting. You know, I think some good things might come of, um, uh, this year. Yeah. And you know, with a lot of performing artists, they've decided they, they've got to come up with a new stream of income and putting out an album or a single could be one source. And if you're not a multi-instrumentalist, you've got to farm some of it out. And if you can't be out socializing and having people in the studio, then this is the way you've got to do it. Yeah. So I saw a list of people that you've kind of shared the stage with. I mean, not kind of shared the stage. You definitely shared the stage with. I, I mean, a lot of that. I mean, it could literally be like, especially some of like the the legacy acts. Um, if you're looking where I think you're looking online, um, it could could have even been like literally like a, like a one one performance, um, like but sort of thing. But it's still awesome. It's still a whole bunch of really amazing people. Like Chris Amott from Arch Enemy. I mean, ah, yeah. I I'm that's. I mean, again, one of those like random, random, random connections. Um, so I met him. Um. He hasn't been on the show, has he? No, not yet. Not yet. So, um, so he, um, when he left um, uh, Arch Enemy, he, he moved to Philadelphia, of all places, which oh, wow. is where I was living. Um, and, you know, he has his own solo project. He, he writes great um, music, very, very much like kind of like older hard rock sound. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he wanted to play out live and he was in a new town. So he kind of seeked out some local players. So 
you know, he, um, found me, I think at that, it's like 2012 or 13. Um, I think that was like through Craigslist. Um, you know, um, oh, wow. so like, <laughs> and you, like, you weren't murdered. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like the one post in it, you know, cause you get all, all these, you know, obviously like, um, you know, people just starting out or whatever, just a lot, a lot of jokers and clowns. Oh, yeah. But then it's, it's, it's like, it's like, hi, I'm, I'm Chris. I used to play in this band arch enemy. Um, would you like to play these songs with me? And like, wow. like it's, it's like, Jeez. wait a minute, really? Are, are yes. you, are you, so, you know, and I look, it's like, sure enough, there he is. Like, yeah. So, 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 you know, we rehearsed a couple of times. We played, I think a total of one show in Philadelphia, but he already, you know, he had some different ideas. He, um, shortly after moved to New York city and he resurrected an old project of his Armageddon, which was a lot more like, um, like metal. Um, uh, so he, okay. so he had some metal guys up in, um, um, New York city that he's working with. Uh, and then in, in the meantime, I moved down to Washington DC. So anyway, okay. so, so we, cr- we crossed paths just, just briefly, but, but that was cool. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's like, am I metal enough to play with Chris and Arch Enemy? You know, and and then, and then it's it's like, sure you are, sure you know, fake yeah. it till you make it. But you know, it's because I you know I grew up on on that kind of stuff, not necessarily Arch Enemy, but um, but yeah, like I love it. So yeah, that's just one of those other things. It's like it's like yeah, this is going to stretch me in a different direction because it's like you know I'm playing with like you know some Celtic band, some funk band, and then this like metal God wants to <laughs> play some gigs. So it's like all this stuff, like, I mean, it's all like related and it's all just like, you know, kind of like one hand feeds the other. So that's cool. I mean, that's honestly like the kind of shit I live for. It's like, like when you get like a, an email coming in, it's like, you know, musician inquiry. And it's like, Oh God, what's it going to be? Like most of the time, nothing, <laughs> but like some, sometimes it's like, Oh man, like this is, this is cool. Um, what's so like, <laughs> What's, what are some of the weird things that you've been requested to do? I mean, have you, have you gotten any strange, strange so, so, percussive so, requests? So, so one, it's like, you know, and sometimes like, you know, it's like a one-off thing and, and then like, that's it, whatever. Everybody shakes hands and goes away. Other times, like sometimes it develops and like, you know, one thing leads to like, you know, maybe a string of gigs, like, or like friendships and stuff like that. So I got, um, an email. I think the guy was looking and he's, he was looking for an Irish drummer and he found that he knew what I'd done before bagpiper that wanted a Tapan player. Uh, and a Tapan is like a Bulgarian style bass drum that you okay. play on both sides, you know, and he wanted a drummer to play with them for, um, the Maryland Renaissance festival. Oh, wow. So, I mean, so at first I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this is <laughs> so, so far outside of my wheelhouse. It's like, it's like, how do I say no politely? Yeah. Um, on the other hand, it's, it's like, it's like, you know what? Like this could be cool. You know, you never like regret saying yes to something. I mean, I, I most of the time, most, I, I the time yeah. most of the time I don't regret saying yes to something, but sometimes you say no to something. It's like, ah, you know, that could have been cool. Um, yeah. so anyway, like I thought like, like, you know, I'm not playing, putting on a kilt and going to a Renaissance <laughs> festival, but, but now, I mean, that was five, six years ago and I've done that every year now. Um, oh, wow. it'll be like, That's you know, awesome. not nine, nine weekends a year. I mean, this, I mean, not this year, but, um, you know, nine weekends in the fall playing mystical, magical music, um, with, uh, a bagpiper and a bazooki player. And, you know, um, Piper Jones is, is the band. They've become dear friends of mine, you know, great musicians, great people. Um, you know, they come up every week from, um, North Carolina and Tennessee to play, play this music.
so again, that's one of those things that just like it pushed me in another direction that I had no idea. I was way outside of my comfort zone at first. You know, I thought like, oh, I'm I'm too cool for this. I'm a serious yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a serious drummer here. Um, but then like, you know, I ended up like getting into him like, yeah, this is fun. Like, you know, because like and just I mean, I, that's you know, the cheesy thing is like, you know, you get on stage and, you know, 100 people or whatever um, are jumping around having a ball. It's like, yeah, like this is this is cool. Like, I'm, yeah. I, I'm not too cool for that. You know, <laughs> uh, so. So, yeah, that's one of those random things that, you know, has really like nothing to do with like anything else that I do. But it's fun and uh you know and, and it kind of checks all the boxes the people are fun the music's fun the money's fun um so yeah. it's like so it's like it's like yeah like why not you know yeah. I'll, I'll do it um yeah so that's one of those random things um you know other times like you know like the other day um there's a local band that recorded a song and they had a part on glockenspiel that they did on midi and they wanted a live drummer to uh, replace those sounds with a real glockenspiel so that's like oh, some wow. of like random stuff it's like it's like okay i you know it's it's a tuesday morning i'm going to do some analog glockenspiel awesome you know that's crazy so, so that's the kind of like random stuff i, I just live for so so, that's so that, that cool. that's fun and i think it's it's all related it all helps and then you know it's kind of like the the void between these things is what led to like um you know my my solo stuff and that's was like kind of like kind of taking all these like missing bits and pieces and kind of like forming them into like something um a little bit more personal a little more cohesive we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors well i can definitely hear all of this now it's it's making a lot more sense hearing your, your your solo album where some of these influences have come from some of these sounds that i'm hearing on that album where they've they've come from because you. you've got a really wild expanse a huge palette of sound coming through on that album and i wanted i wanted to ask you a little bit about it yeah. i really find it interesting when a drummer like yourself or like tim fogarty from l1011 you combine the acoustic and the electric together. Right. When did you start doing that? And is how challenging has that been? So, I mean, and that's something and that in some ways maybe relates to like, um, like the name of the album is, is guardrails. Yes. Um, and it's this idea, you know, that I had of like trying to like bounce between different things, different kind of guardrails and the little parameters that we give to ourselves, um, whether it's like, um, you know, intentional or not, you know, like, okay. like, Oh, I don't want to go too far in this direction. I don't want to go too far in that direction. But also it's like, you know, when you're just doing things yourself, I mean, those guardrails can be very spaced out. Like there's a lot more wiggle room to do whatever. So electronics, I mean, that's maybe like another influence that like, you know, I never really got into like, you know, I'm, I'm a drummer. So I don't, I don't like to like program beats or like, right. like finger, finger drum or anything like that. Cause I like doing the real thing. Uh, but, but that's always been an influence. Like, you know, like when I, when I was um, maybe in, in high school, I started really getting into like, um, you know, the whole IDM stuff like uh, Apex twin and square pusher. And okay. those, those are still huge influences on me. Obviously stuff that's like uh, most of the time, not live drums. Uh, it's all electronic, right. but it's all rhythm. It's all sounds and textures. And that's, uh, you know, I kind of like maybe incorporated into, um, my plane. So that's something that's always been kind of like part of my, again, like musical DNA, uh, I guess I would say, mm -hmm. but I started to kind of work it in like maybe 2016. So I was kind of working up this, um, solo project that's kind of, you know, culminate right now on this, this album of 
basically playing drums, but in real time, uh, applying effects to them and even like automating those effects. So, okay. So all the sounds are, are live. They're all coming from an acoustic drum. And that's maybe like where I set like the, um, the parameter. Like I try not to, um, rely on samples or anything like that. I'm not hitting little rubber pads. So I like this idea of hitting real drums, but hearing the sound, like just get all like mangled and distorted and, you know, kind of turning into something else. For decades, right? Um, I was just going to say that. I mean, it sounds like <laughs> you're taking a guitarist's approach to the drums. Exactly. Um, and, and that that's why I, I like to see it. It's like you know, and now it's like, well, I mean, the technology is there. Which I mean, even ten years ago, maybe it would have been a little bit lacking. Um, but you know, just the idea of like making the drums sound like something they're not, uh, and that's something like like in music, I, I always think is interesting. Like when you try to. Um, switch instrument roles like as like brian eno would say um like like switch to instrument roles you know maybe now like the drums are the melody instrument the guitar is the rhythm instruments you know and, mm-hmm. and so on like that you know maybe maybe the um keyboards sound like a, a guitar and the guitar sounds like a keyboard or something like yeah. that. <laughs> uh, so so that i think is is pretty fun um so so that's how kind of how like that started to come together uh, and of course, like, you know, work. So I try to do that stuff, um, when I play live. So, so I'm, I'm running the drums through, um, through software and I'm, I'm making the drums, uh, change their sounds, um, through time. But when I'm recording, of course, you know, there's, there's no, no limits. So the things right. can get as, as crazy as, as, as we want. But so that, that's always like, um, that sort of electroacoustic balance, um, balance is something that I really kind of dig and like trying to find that sweet spot between the two. Now, when you're playing these songs live, uh, you're not, you're trying to not use samples, right? right. So, so right. you're, you're, uh, I'm assuming, I'm assuming you're, you're looping. And, and so you have yeah. to build these songs up piece by piece. Yeah. So, um, so, so live, I mean, they're very different versions of uh, some of these songs and actually they kind of worked the, the other way around where like my first goal with this project, uh, would be, was to, um, have a live show and then, you know, work it up enough until I could turn it into an album. Now, okay. you know, 2020 happens and now like, you know, I cut the live shows stop. So then like, I kind of like fast tracked, like putting this into an, an album. Um, so most of the songs on the album started with like live improvisations, basically like formalizing them and giving them a little bit more structure and a little okay. bit more meat. Um, but you're exactly right. When I, when I do it live, it's a lot of looping. Uh, and I'm actually like automating the the looping and the effects and stuff like that using uh, Ableton Live, okay. and that that that's how I'm able to do all this stuff with you know some consistency without like you know jumping around on a pedal board or anything like that. So yeah. so I'm using you know the software to kind of like you know play through like the the structure of the song, but all the actual sounds are are live. They're coming from the drums. Um, but you know it might be like we're I loop myself for a couple measures, but then that loop gets treated. Now that that's maybe pitched down an octave or a fuzz starts oh, okay. to the, the fade in on it or something like that. So the drums like, you know, just hitting a single um, drum, you know, could, could now turn into like this like melodic element. Oh um, yeah. So, 
so it's all um starting from the the live sort of like hitting an instrument um and just basically seeing what kind of action i can get from just that without you know putting on samples and stuff like that or backing tracks which which is fine and you know whatever but i try not to to use that so that's maybe another one of those like sort of like personal challenges or guardrails i set up is like you know can i make a piece of music using just the drum set without it sounding bad or just or sounding like a drum solo yeah yeah right because you know and that that's maybe another sort of extreme that i try to avoid is like solo drums doesn't necessarily have to be a drum solo you know which is uh (laughs) exactly and there's unfortunately that's when a lot of people check out exactly that's where i check out too i mean i love drums but it's like (laughs) man drum solos uh i mean most of the time just cheesy but when it's like it's musical it's well done there's you know different elements and it's not just a fireworks show you know then yeah it can be like really hip um so oh. so i try to avoid that because you know i know not everybody is a drumming enthusiast um <laughs> so so yeah so so i try to you know basically pull out these like um more melodic options out of the drums more like maybe polyrhythmic thing things like that so taking a lot of inspiration from like folks like like Steve Reich, um, like early like minimalism music, where it's like just rhythms and just like overlapping rhythms um, can make this like incredible piece of music sometimes. Yeah, for um, sure. I mean, so, so so it's a little bit um, yeah, it's a little bit different uh, for you know people that are used to hearing you know just a very specific instrumentation. But uh, I think that's like kind of where the at least for me like where the excitement comes from because it is sometimes it feels like. I mean, people have done things like this before, but sometimes it feels a little bit more uncharted. Uh, and that's when things are scary, but also exciting. You know? Well, you use some really interesting techniques, like playing aluminum bottles and bells <laughs> that are actually, you know, sitting on your toms. Sure, and sure. There's some really interesting techniques that I, was, I saw in your videos. And it's, it's really fascinating to watch you do that, not just to hear it, but to watch you do it. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, um, and that's what, I mean, I think people always tell me, it's like, it's like, you know what, when I, when I go to a show, I always watch the drummer because you can see exactly what's, you know, where the sound's coming from. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know what? Yeah, me too. Like, I mean, that, that's, 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 that's a good point. Um, because it, it is such like an instant sort of thing. And, you know, even, you know, kids know this. I mean, you hit something that makes a sound Yeah. that never, that never stops being fascinating. You know, it's like, exactly. it's like, oh, this, this bucket sounds like that. Like that plate sounds like that. Awesome. Like, let's, let's see how many different sounds you can get, you know, um, so oh, yeah. I mean, so I basically, I, I feel like a kid, like when I'm, when I'm in like, um, you know, my home studio, I'm just throwing things on the drums, throwing up like pieces of scrap metal or whatever. And, you know, without getting too like avant-garde or, you know, but, yeah. you know, you can, um, <laughs> but you know, just like, as long as it still grooves and it's still kind of like drives, it's like, cool. I, I'm all for it. Like throw, throw it in the pot. Um, so I like to think I'm more of like a textural drummer and a buddy of mine said that about me i'm like oh cool i'm gonna use i'm gonna use that i Um, like that you know because it kind of sounds to me and and textural drumming that's a great description it sounds like a will calhoun kind of style love him yeah yeah and uh, because i've been fortunate enough to see living color a few times and you know he's got a lot of different things going on it's not your traditional Nice. drumming sounds and and he always does that solo like where he comes out front with his like crazy drum weird, and like what is that thing that that it looks like so he, a he plays on a wave a wave drum um it's like this um so korg makes these things it's like um it's basically like an acoustic drum 
Um, but it's it's basically taking like the, the wavelengths and the physics and stuff and converting that to an uh, electronic signal. So, okay. um, so that's one of those. I, I mean, it's in that cool way. Like it's it's samples, but it's being controlled from like a physical like drum head. Because it looks like um, he's just coming out with a like a an artist canvas and just smacking <laughs> a piece of canvas around. Yeah, yeah, and he's got like a guitar pedal, like a, a pedal board. So yeah, I mean, he's um yeah definitely like he's on that's like that level. Like I mean, it stops sounding like drums, but it's still like because like he's such a bad ass like it always it sounds groovy like everything oh, yeah. sounds cool that he that he's doing it doesn't it never gets to like too artsy or anything like that um so yeah definitely like i dig stuff like that for sure so how long have you been working on the songs because I, and i love your youtube channel i Thank went you. back and i was watching a bunch of your videos and i saw that about four years ago you did a version of one of the songs on guardrails called noosa Sure, sure. Oh man, um, yeah, I appreciate the, the deep dive. Um, yeah, oh, so, man, so that I, one is—that's my thing. I love doing this. <laughs> love it. I'm flattered. Um, yeah, so that that it started off. Um, you know, it's a, every every piece has like some sort of inspiration. The inspiration there, and that's probably like the earliest one that found its way in like kind of a different mangled up form onto the album um, <laughs> okay. was that song. So that that was inspired by like that was shortly after a trip my wife and I had taken to Indonesia. Um, oh, of course, nice. like I was kind of rooting for going to Indonesia just selfishly. Cause like musically that's, it's so exciting to me, like, um, gamelan music, especially and, like, uh, Balinese music. Oh, um, cool. so, so like, you know, I was there I, tr- I tried to soak up as much of that as, as I could drag my wife to, um, so that like, you know, I was just trying to absorb cause that's such a different music world is uh, gamelan music. Uh, okay. and I even, you know, I, I picked up the, you know, just a very like kind of cheap, almost like a kid version of like a gamelan, um, metallophone um i i guess um so, I mean, so that, that that's what you would have seen in that in that video is that that um, little that, thing you're kind of like plucking with your thumbs or so that's a kalimba um okay. the thumb thumb piano um the the gamelan piece um it, it looks like a little xylophone um but with like, oh like, okay yeah yeah like 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 metal bars yes um, but yeah just i mean just one of those sounds that's like you know, as, as soon as I hear that, it's like, I mean, we talk about music taking you to a different place. Um, and that, I mean, it's, it's a cliche, but it's a true one, right? It's, it's like, like when I hear stuff like that, it's like, yes, like I feel like I'm in Indonesia. I'm in like this like tropical, like wild kind of place. Yeah. Um, you know, just by hearing just like just some of those sounds. Um, so that was, you know, the, the, my that's my basically my like Western person's take on like like what I was feeling. So it's taking all this like you know thousands of years of in, intense great musical culture and putting it through the filter of like somebody like me, you know, which is like definitely like a bastardized version. That's fine, whatever. It's um, but you know maybe I hear it in a different way from somebody that's like around it as part of their life. Yeah, um, exactly. And it all goes so, into your, your influences, your, your little quiver of, of things that influence you later on down the road. Absolutely. And it's like, you never know when these things are going to come up, you know, or it's like, I'll hear a sound or just like, like a, a little like structure or something that's like, Oh, like that's, that's hitting me like that. Um, you know, it, it feels like, um, you know, like a piece of like a gamelan piece. And that, that, that's cool. I mean, that, that sort of thing, like, it's not like appropriating music. It's like more like just adding it into like the stew, you know, yeah. it's like, 
Well, because it's influencing you. You you enjoy it. You know, if if you want to, if you like the way it sounds, why wouldn't you want to try to play that style? Exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it's all sounds. It's all textures. Now, of course, you know, some some music has such like um, cultural baggage, and you know, of course, you know, we always you know respect that. Yeah. But you know, that can be kind of like um like a pretty high bar for entry. You know, for like yeah, because it's like it's like you know, you only have so many lifetimes. I'm not going to be like this like master world percussionist of like every single style or anything like that. But it's like, you know, I can kind of fake my way through it and I can kind of like combine it all together and make something that maybe sounds a little bit unique. And, and if I can, awesome. You know, that, that, that's, that's all I want. Well, this album is really cool and it's, it's very unique. So you, you know, you hit the nail on the head with that one because songs like daytime raccoon, it's awesome. Like, Like your uh, your your suspicions, sweet the sneaking suspicions <laughs> with the suspicion confirmed. Thank you, thank those, you. Those are fantastic. One of my favorite tracks though is Man Frog. Oh, sure. <laughs> I first of all that it's, it's it's a really cool track. But how do you name these tracks? How, where did where the hell did Man Frog come? To? There has to be something behind that. <laughs> Funny story there. Um, <laughs> well, good. I was hoping your first person. I was hoping somebody would ask me this. I was hoping somebody would. Um, <laughs> so. Um, so I, I have two kids. I have two boys. They're, they're one and three. Oh, um, wow. And of course, you know, I, I, you have kids, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, three so teenagers. Know, like, oh, man. Um, and, so I'm glad that you, you've survived. So yeah, like, me too. That gives, that gives me hope. <laughs> um, well, wait, wait, there, there's, uh, their birthdays go from October through January. So I've got, uh, let's see, a 16-year-old, a 17-year-old, and a soon-to-be 18-year-old. Gosh, I mean, you know what causes that, right? I yeah. Mean, yeah. But I, okay. I found out I kind of liked it. <laughs> oh, oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so my three-year-old, like just out, out, out of the blue, um, his, his name is Joe. And I think this might've been when he was two. He was like, daddy, I saw the man frog. And I'm like, like, I'm like, the hell? Like, what is the, and he tried to describe it. Like, it's all like, like toddler nonsense. Like, oh God, like, okay. Um, sure. We'll just go with that um and, but then like the next day we're watching tv and a commercial comes on for geico um so uh, <laughs> and, and he said he says look daddy it's the man frog oh my gosh <laughs> so like I, I guess he he saw like the you know the, the gecko um mascot on yes. like a billboard and you know in his little brain it's like it's like okay it's he's like it's like a man it's like you know it's this talking creature but it's like a frog too that's it's amazing like, it's a man frog you know and so and he tells me this i'm i'm like i'm like oh that's great like like I, that that's that's gonna be a song title or something oh my um, gosh so so yeah so now now like when when we see like the the, the gecko on tv it's like oh it's the man frog oh that, um, you'll always be the man frog to me now too
But yeah, it's, it sounds way more creepier or, um, or sinister <laughs> than it really is. Especially um, coming from a two-year-old. Right, right. Like, um, but it was nothing sinister about it. I mean, it was just, you know, the corporate mascot. That was like, um, like my, my kids were a little like that. They have, uh, I'm trying to remember how this happened. There may, there may have been, uh, we, the house was a little older, maybe some creaking or something that had fallen down. And my kids, I asked my kids, what, what happened? Who dropped something? They said, uh, Mr. Nobody. Uh-oh. I'm like, what the fuck is Mr. Nobody? And that just it creeped me right the hell out. Because I'm like, Mr. No-, that's like a, the name of something from a horror movie. Like, yeah, yeah. How did my like like six year old kid come up with Mister Nobody? They're not watching horror. That's, like, that's the worst, like James Bond villain. Oh, it's yeah. like oh, Mister Nobody will see you now. Oh, I'm thinking like, you know, like some like Candyman's coming out or, or something from Silent Hill or something. I'm like, what in the hell? I had to sit them down at, at one point, like, okay, now tell me about this Mister Nobody. What, what is this? And they're like, oh, it's just, we're just joking around, Dad. Okay, thank God. <laughs> the things you worry about that yeah. you know you never thought you had, like Mister Nobody. I know. Yeah, um, but they 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 say the damnedest things, and you know it's just like it shows how like crazy brains are when they're developing, and how oh, crazy yeah. the the English language is. You know, um, that's a good point too. I was listening just a little while ago before we we uh, started recording, and the song Asymmetry is really cool because you've got this middle section that to me sounds like a drumming shoegaze. It's oh, just, I love that. It's just, yeah, it's like, it's, it's just, that's the only way I could think to describe it. It's like if you took shoegaze guitar, but made, turned, made a drum do that. Yeah. That's, and, and you know, it's like, um, and I, I, I think probably like anybody, like I struggle to dis- describe this album. So, um, yeah, yeah I'm going to use that if you don't mind. Oh, um, sure. So, um, <laughs> any clever descriptors, you know, um, I, I, I'd appreciate it. Oh, I'm I mean, full of, I'm, I'm full of BS. I can send you all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's. You know, it, it sounds like something and not, it sounds like a little bit of everything and not like a lot of nothing. You know, that's it, what I hope. Um, so. it, no, it, what it, what it's, it's really cool because you've got these great things going on. Like, um, uh, I'm struggling to, to remember which it was on your, it's actually, it was on your YouTube channel. One of, one of the snippets, which I don't remember which one it was, but you've got this really cool thing where you're hitting this, the symbol and it's got this it's completely distorted and it just decays after a while. It is just really cool. Oh, okay. So I think that's, um, if I'm not mistaken, that's like where I'm holding the microphone up to the symbol and getting all like the low, uh, overtones. Oh, that is really cool. So it's like, you know, just like messing around with like mic um, techniques like that. It's like, you don't realize okay. like how, um, I mean, just, just changing like the, the sound, like where, where the ear is or where the microphone is like, how the sound changes um and like you don't think of like you know like a big cymbal it has all these like low rumbly you know yeah. kind of things going on um and that sound comes up a couple times on the album because like this is yep. like so cool and like so like beefy and sinister but it, you know it's just a lowly uh symbol you know well it's it sounds amazing and what, what i thought was really cool was the the live show that you've got up there on your youtube video too because you're showing that you know 
I can see how you're building these these tracks up and and playing them live, and it's so amazing. And thank you. One of my favorite tracks is Seasick Rendezvous. <laughs> Thank you. Which kind of morphed into um on the album the song uh, Disaster Pendulum, which is um, they're gr- oh that's I love thanks. that track. Um, and a lot of it is just like again, just like hitting one thing and just seeing how many sounds you can milk from it. Like um you know just like using like uh, plugins and effects and things like that. So like a lot of them are just like you know kind of bell sounds or like kind of um, ringy sort of the sounds, but okay. um or you know just like taking like a quiet sound like um like there, there's a, a frame drum um take in there that that comes up a lot and just overdriving the hell out of it so now it sounds like this like weird uh, percussive like electric guitar kind of thing ah, um, but yeah. all, all from like say like like a frame drum or like there's some like tongue drums on there which is like um you know like pieces cut out of the drum to give di- different tones oh okay um so a lot of stuff like that but you know that's maybe a little bit of the idea is it's like trying to um obscure the sound source <laughs> so, so it becomes this like this like different thing all together that you know maybe um it's hard to pick out like what the parts are but hopefully the overall piece like um it sets a mood maybe it's, well i mean the album is is really experimental really fascinating to listen to because it's like you said it's not an hour-long drum solo you know, it's, it's it's thank god <laughs> yeah exactly it's it's got elements of, of world uh, of jazz some a lot of experimental stuff it is just really interesting and and you're the only one on the album you're playing everything which blows me away thank you sir i, I like i like this shoegaze drumming thing so I, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna stick with that <laughs> yeah. um because i mean as a huge influence i mean you know i've i've been yeah, I mean, shoegaze music has been always like a big influence oh, on me, yeah, which, I love which obviously like for, for guitarists, I mean, that would be like a, a bigger deal. Like for drums, it's like, well, I mean, the drums aren't like a big part of it usually, but, right, um, yeah. but just the sound and like sort of like the, the atmosphere, um, I guess, and, you know, it becomes part of my musical DNA maybe. Yeah. Um, so like, like, like on that song, you know, there's, um, definitely like all those kind of shoegazy synth sounds. But meanwhile, there's all this like Brazilian percussion, you know, so it's yes. like, here's a juxtaposition that you don't hear every day. Um, so, yes, I dig that. <laughs> it's And the album has a lot of that where you, you like you said, you're juxtaposing things that don't normally go together that a lot of a lot of people honestly wouldn't think to put together. So hats off to you for, for being so creative and open to so many different styles of music and, and combining them to create something new and unique. Thank you. So I love there, there, there's a, an interview I like with um, John Zorn. He's talking about how he looks as genre as like building blocks the way that most people look at like chords, you know? So instead of like building up a song with like some chord progression, build it up where like maybe each phrase or each measure is like a different style or oh, something like that. Wow. Um, and 
you know, and then that's something like, like also like, like Mr. Bungle for like a more like, uh, rock oh, yeah. like you know, like, like they kind of definitely take a few pages from, from that book where it's just like, you know, it's a roller coaster. Like nothing is off limits. Like, like <laughs> that's who, who says you can't like go from like a measure of death metal to a measure of lounge jazz. Like what's, what's, where's the, where's the rule that says that, you know? And it's like, it's, if you're expecting to like, well, I mean, I guess it depends on what your expectations are when you listen to music. Um, if it's to go for a ride and like really like have somebody like just mess with your head, then it's like, yeah, like that's the thing. Yeah, Mr. Bungle's good for that. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, if you're just trying to, you know, have a good time and entertain dinner guests, like maybe it's not the thing. But right. um, you know. <laughs> yeah. but for for everything else, for like more like more like intense listeners, it's like yeah, like that's cool. And like, you could listen to a hundred times. It's, it's still like when I listen to like, you know, naked city or, uh, California by Mr. Bungle, like every time, like I hear new things, it's like, yeah, yeah. this is exciting every time for me. Oh yeah. I and mean, you know, when my dad comes over, I'm not playing my asses on fire. So <laughs> I don't think he'll appreciate it as much as I do. Yeah. So, <laughs> Maybe. Right. So you do never you, know. Do, well, yeah, that's a good point. So do you see like, uh, foresee a Neil Young, uh, Neil Young, Neil Peart sized, kit for you at any time to have to pull some of this stuff off no and like like i try to be as um uh minimal as as possible um because that's maybe another one that's like well first of all just like for convenience you know like i I don't want to like you know my load-ins to be you gotta drag all this in yourself Um, it's like you know like like oh i can't play here they don't have uh 40 square foot of space for me on stage right um but like, you know, that, and that's another way that's like, a, you know, again, going back to this idea of like, you know, setting your own limitations or your own guardrails. I like playing with the small kits and like, like actually the longer I play, the smaller my kit gets. Oh, um, really? Like, like, wow. especially when, when I play live, because like, I find it just, I get a lot more focused, you know, it's just like, if you've got all these options, you know, it tends to, I mean, obviously you can do cool things with, with a lot of stuff and there's plenty of people that do that, Yeah, but it's like, if you're, if you can only paint with a couple colors, then you're going to get a lot more nuanced, you know? And, yeah. And I always, I, I love making that like, um, like visual art example. Cause it's like, you know, if you've got one subject you have to draw and you can only use two or three colors, you're going to like dig into a lot of these like nuances, like all these like little avenues that maybe you wouldn't have even thought of otherwise. Whereas like if you've got like a full palette of a hundred colors and you can, you've got an unlimited canvas, it's like, that can be a little like daunting. You know, it can be actually yeah. maybe a, a little bit like, you know, too much freedom. Analysis <laughs> paralysis. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I mean, I love like, um, you know, when I'm, um, teaching like experienced players, I love like the look of fear when I say like, okay, like, um, pick up your sticks, play a drum solo, you know? And it's like, it's like, Oh God, like, well, like, where, where do I even begin? Like, what's, you know, like, you know, that, that's a good way just to freak somebody out. Just like ask them to play a solo. <laughs> um, and, and I guess that, that could be any instrument. Yeah, but, for sure. But it's like, it's like, okay, play a solo, but let's start with these parameters, you know, start on this drum, start at this tempo, use this subdivision, blah, 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 all this and that. It's like, okay, now that gives a little bit narrower of a focus. So that actually ends up being like a more creative thing. That um, is a recurring theme on this podcast is having a framework actually makes you more creative. Right. Right. And I, I love that, um, that idea. And that's, I mean, so much so that the album is guardrails. Um, yeah. <laughs> that it, it, it's like, you know, that's, I think the best players or the ones that are working with like the smallest palettes, you know, whether yeah. it's like, you know, like a, say like a vocalist with a small range or a horn player with like a limited range or somebody that just like doesn't play their instrument very well, you know, like that's all like stuff that's going to make what they play a lot more 
authentic, a lot more interesting maybe than, than some music school type, you know, and nothing wrong with that, whatever, but somebody that has like a lot of knowledge about something, but no real, like, you know, uh, vision, you know, right. Right. That. So, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of limitations. Uh, yes. <laughs> and it, it gives you a little bit of confidence too. It's like, it's like, Oh yeah. Like you don't need this and this and this to make beautiful art, you know, just yeah. listen to any great punk or hardcore. Like, yeah, you know, that's true. it's they, they, they did a lot with a little and it's still, kicks well yeah. have, look at inner ear studios they everything was recorded at in uh don's and tara's basement for years right and, and we still listen to that stuff because yeah. it's it's awesome music yep. um bringing yeah, everything full it, circle exactly and that's that's so inspiring like in so many ways like even if you take the music out 100 percent, like just the whole message of like all that movement uh and that's something obviously you know that's a big dc thing and then like that's inspiring uh, oh, yeah. and i take a lot of inspiration from that like i love fugazi and stuff like that even though yeah. of course i'm not playing anything that sounds remotely like that but just <laughs> like just like the music sounds great the thought behind it was great like the, the ethos is amazing like i mean the process is as important sometimes well i love the album i love the artwork the album cover is fantastic it's very striking thank, thank you i did it myself really that was <laughs> that was i love that i was a photographer for years so I, i'm very visual and I absolutely love it. It's, it's really interesting, very striking. Thank you. I appreciate that. So where can people find the album? How can they order it, uh, pre-order? Sure. And sure. So, so there's a pre-order uh, on my website, uh, andrewtoy.net. Um, and I'm on all the, the social things, all at uh, A Toy Drummer. And that's about it. The, the album comes out January 15th on all the, the online things. But, but I have, um, you know, CDs and um, downloads available for pre-order. Are you doing any live streams? You know, I, I did at the beginning of the pandemic because um, I actually had like um, a pretty cool show lined up end of March. Yeah. Um, so, of course, you know, I mean, obviously it's, it's been a bummer for everybody, but like, yeah. you know, um, that, that was going to be super cool. It was at a cool venue in, uh, in Georgetown on a Saturday night and I was headlining. And, uh, so the, I was, um, so, you know, when, when that's, it became more and more like, okay, that's not going to happen. Um, I, I started setting up for like live streams and I did a couple and, you know, it's pretty good reception. You know, I definitely have kind of like, like mixed feelings about like the live streams. Um, you know, I, I kind of like, instead of going that route, cause you know, I see some people are like just full on, like this is, you know, we're going to treat it like we're playing normal gigs, but only it's on their iPhone or whatever. Um, right. And that, that's, that's cool. Um, I just, you know, it doesn't really work for me as much. So I decided to like put that time instead, uh, into, you know, recording this album okay. um, and putting it out there. Uh, so that when, you know, things hopefully get back to normal, and people are, I think, going to be like so ready to see live music, whenever that is. Oh, I mean, I who who really knows? That's the million dollar question. But yeah, but when they're ready, you know. So I'm I'm now like revamping my um my live show um you know oh, cool. to, to make make it you know incorporate the album more into it. So hopefully that'll be uh, a thing. So I'm basically just like preparing now, like you know having the album, but also like you know always experimenting, recording new things, but also like getting the live show more like um just ready for for when things are up and running oh that's awesome well when things open up i will definitely be there because i'm local and i can get there and yeah i will bring my kid from dc about an hour and 15 minutes or so oh that's it okay cool. yeah yeah I'm a, it's 75 miles almost due west of dc that's right so so i'm not too far uh depending on traffic it can be anywhere from an hour and 10 minutes to an hour and a half 
but got it got it cool but I had a blast chatting with you all right nice to meet you mark It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.